Hello and welcome to the host, Nextin's exclusive podcast show, where we speak with some of the world's leading thinkers on topics that shape the world. Today's guest is Michael Eaglin, co-founder and chief executive EV Maritime. EV Maritime was founded to develop zero emission commercial vessels. Their first product, a 24-meter fast commuter ferry, operates entirely on stored electrical energy, offering clean, efficient, quiet, emission-free commuter transport for the harbor cities of the world. He also serves as a board member on the New Zealand Marine Industry Association Board of Management. Hello, Michael. Hello. Good evening. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And yourself? Very well. Michael, thank you so much for taking time out to speak to us today. We're going to spend the next 15 or 20 minutes discussing, I think, which is an extremely exciting topic for us, at least. It's been, you know, I know you've been in the field for decades now, but it's something that, you know, it's something that's new for us, something that we were very interested in learning more from you about. And uh, we'll see how the conversation goes. Sure. Yeah. To it. Wonderful. Excellent. So, Michael, if you could start with, you know, just a quick introduction about yourself, your experience in the maritime industry and how you eventually moved on to sustainable electric maritime uh, vessels. Sure thing. Yeah. Hi. Well, pleasure to be here. And yeah, my name is Michael Eglin. I'm co-founder of EV Maritime, which is a New Zealand-based clean tech marine engineering company. And I guess my, my background's always been in and around boats. Since I was a small child, I was fortunate enough to sail small dinghies. In fact, I was never allowed a bicycle because it was too dangerous. And instead, my parents decided that I should have a small boat and go out sailing on my own in a small boat out on the ocean. And somehow this was safer. So um, <laughs> somehow or other, the, uh, the salt water got into my veins and the ocean has been part of my life ever since. I studied naval architecture in Southampton in England, although I'm a Kiwi. And I have worked in various marine industry roles around the world. But particularly, I've been in design at a, at a local design company. I spent about 10 years in composite structural engineering, designing fiberglass and carbon fiber structures and things. Spent a couple of years in, a, in an America's Cup campaign, which was uh, an awful lot of fun and very challenging, but very, very exciting. And then after all of that, I ran a, a shipyard. I spent 10 years first as commercial manager and then chief executive at a shipyard here in Auckland, New Zealand, initially building super yachts. And we were building large luxury yachts for wealthy people. And those were fascinating projects because they're technically very, very challenging, very complex projects. But over time, the sustainability of those projects started to bother us both across every form, but you know, commercially and financially as a business, it's, a, it's quite a boom and bust type of a cycle. And we transitioned that business through to becoming a commercial shipyard focused on the ferries and aquaculture and fishing and, and work boats. And then this project the, of electric boats grew from that. And for the first couple of years of the EV maritime journey, it was a research project within McMillan and Wing Shipyard. And then uh, my co-founders and I, and my co-founders own the shipyard, we founded the business uh, as a standalone entity uh, around two years ago. And so we've been doing it ever since. Wonderful. That's that's pretty interesting. I think you've been, you know, in the water and these interesting vessels all through your life. That's wonderful to know. So a topic that really intrigues or interests us is, you know, the sustainability of the water. So we've seen commercial vehicles or commercial vessels in the water, you know, causing damage to different marine life, you know, also the combustion engines and all the other kinds of fuels used. 
haven't been healthy or sustainable for the ocean, right? So how do you think this is going to change with zero emission commercial vehicles that you're working with on building currently? Yes, you're absolutely right. Our use of the ocean has a huge amount of impact on the ocean environment. And although the ocean looks beautiful from the surface and we can stand on a hill and look out over the ocean and and marvel at how lovely it looks, when one puts one's head under the water and has a look around, we, we see that it's not nearly the thriving ecosystem that it once was or that it should become. And there's a number of ways in which that happens. It's not only through how we use the water, actually. But some of it is. I mean, some of it's the boats we use and the pollution which is created from spills into the water or from, you know, the general soot and oil and so on from burning fossil fuels. Some of it's noise. And and it's becoming increasingly well known that the noise from loud internal combustion engines on ships has a really tangible impact upon the well-being of marine life and particularly marine mammals, which traditionally communicate through sonar and so on over very, very long distance. Well, not so much sonar, but but that verbalize their communication travels over many, many kilometers and is quite key to their social structures and mating and all that kind of stuff. And of course, if you interrupt that with with a lot of noise from shipping, then you interrupt the, the whole life patterns of these really important animals. So there's that. And I think that, you know, moving to electrification will make a massive difference to that. I mean, Electric motors are lovely and quiet and in the process, of course, of developing electric boats, much like developing electric cars and planes, you have to focus a lot on efficiency. And so this is where we start moving into other aspects. One of the things about diesel is that it allows you to be quite lazy. You can, you can if you want to, just put in a bigger engine instead of making the boat more efficient. And so you end up with this trend towards boats that become heavier and heavier, more and more powerful, producing more and more waves. And so yeah. then there's the wake wash from these vessels, which then impacts upon the shoreline, especially for inshore vessels. And that creates erosion and, and safety issues and so on. Yep. So as we move into electric boats, the drive for efficiency actually lends itself to that same drive for being low wash. So we think these are, are going to be quite significant, but we think there's, there's something else as well. And we think particularly with commuter ferries, there's something, there's a little bit of opportunity in this For us, the people who ride the ferry are not nautical people. They're not people who necessarily have a love for the sea. They're just people who need to get from the land on one side to the land on the other. And so we think that the ferry is an opportunity to interact with those people and to communicate with those people about the importance of the ocean. Because actually most of the poor health that the ocean suffers isn't mostly from the way we use boats. It's actually from the way we use land. It's the runoff from our land. It's the sedimentation into our harbours. It's plastic being thrown into the rivers or just thrown away and making its way into the river and the harbour. It's these kinds of things which do have a marked detrimental impact on the health of the ocean. And conversely, improving it can really improve the health of the ocean. And so we think that the ferry is actually an opportunity to speak to people about how to care more for the ocean. So there's lots of levels that we think this is going to make a difference. That's interesting. But what do you feel are the infrastructure challenges? Because a ferry being a commercial vehicle, it's, it's you know, ferrying people up and down all through the day. So do you think range, charging, 
who's going to be infrastructure challenges that pose you know a challenge for uh, zero emission commercial vehicles yeah there are challenges there's investments to be made they're not they're not technically difficult but they're different they're different from the existing diesel vessels that we're so used to again diesel vessels diesel is very convenient you can take it to the fuel station you can fill it up every couple of days and and you can just run it all day long and you can have a whole fleet of vessels that only needs to visit one fuel station so it's very efficient from a that point of view from an economic point of view but one of the interesting things about commuter ferries is that they there's, there's a number of things really they from a technical perspective they come and go from the same places all the time so they go backwards and forwards between the same docks and they typically don't go very long way because if you were catching a ferry to work and it took you two and a half hours you wouldn't do it because you've spent half your day in ferries so the fact that they're doing relatively short distances quite regularly from the same places provides a real opportunity the other opportunity is to install fast charging infrastructure at those wharves so that every time the vessel stops it charges up and it just charges up while it's loading and unloading passengers anyway because that time is free that's time when the boat's sitting there anyway so we should use that time and so at EV maritime what we aim for it's not always achievable but what we aim for is that our boats can work all day and only charge up when they are at the dock anyway loading and unloading passengers that's the aim sometimes you can nearly do that and then sometime in the middle of the day you need to take a top up charge but these are all boats when when you're going fast like this these are all boats which are running quite high energy routes and you need to charge them every time to build an electric ferry that can just charge overnight and run all day that can work for slow ferries where the weight doesn't matter too much and where the amount of energy being used is not too great but it's it's not practical for fast ferries so you're exactly right the unlocking technology for fast ferries is the infrastructure and we're developing fast charging infrastructure for ferries which will charge at 2 and 3 and 4 megawatts and that in turn that in itself is is an investment that is required but of course sometimes there is also network infrastructure required to support that in the grid so it does become a more holistic consideration understood so you mentioned that diesel of course is convenient right so that's one advantage of it but when you compare something like cost or price how do you think it's different is it going to be a huge investment for people who are going to move into sustainable vessels or do you think eventually over time the cost would come down and and it'll be it'll be the best way forward we've done a lot of modeling on this and for busy boats like ferries it stacks up quite well now on a comparative basis now being a busy boat is important because electric boats do cost more money to buy quite a lot more money to buy in the first place than the diesel boats do so the way that you can make the economics balance out and be equivalent to diesel or better than diesel is by capturing the operational savings the reduced energy cost and the reduced repairs and maintenance costs that you get from running the electric boat but of course if you've got a boat that's not busy then it's not using much diesel and it's not incurring much maintenance and so the the opportunity to make savings is less and yet the capital price is still there and that's one of the reasons why urban rapid transit commuter ferries are such a great place to focus for electric ferries in the beginning and it, it's through those ferries that we will normalize electrification and marginalize diesel to the point yeah. that it will then 
force the market towards zero carbon solutions, even if it's not as cheap to do as diesel for these other things. Because for electric boats, it does stack up. And the payback time, depending on the vessel and depending on the route, can be less than 10 years on the difference. So it's it's okay. It stacks up yep. okay. Yeah, 10 years is a fair timeline. So ferries are interesting because they're going from point to point usually, and they're using the same route every single day. But let's talk about the larger scenario. Let's talk about the larger vessels that are essentially the container vessels that are going longer distances, traveling for months. You know, I think they're causing significant damage. Like you said, oil spills, it could be the noise. You know, they're traveling for so many months and there's so many vessels taking the same route, correct? So there's continuous damage on those routes. So what do you feel is the future for, for larger container shipping vessels? How do you think they're going to adapt to this change? And would this make sense for them? I don't think this is the solution for them. I think that battery electric, the mass of batteries to carry enough energy is just too great for very long range operation. So the solutions in some cases will be things like hydrogen fuel cells. And the problem with that is the volume that the hydrogen occupies, which kind of displaces freight space on the vessel. This isn't my area so much. My area is very much in the inshore commercial scene, but we are seeing through the industry quite a lot of movement towards things like ammonia as a, um, and, and basically using hydrogen in more of an internal combustion capacity to decarbonize long-haul shipping. It doesn't solve the noise problem because you're still using internal combustion. The real solution to the noise problem would be hydrogen fuel cells. And we are seeing that in aircraft starting to happen. And maybe cryogenic hydrogen, you know, liquid hydrogen may be an option for long-haul shipping, but it's a bit outside my area. I'm, I'm interested, but I have no expertise to bring. No worries, no worries. And what about, so if you're talking about passenger vessels, what about uh, the larger cruise ships? Do you think they would fall in? I think that's a step above then uh, the ferries that we're that you're trying to build. Do you think they could potentially use uh, electrification to ferry passengers or to be some kind of a, a leisure activity? I think so. I mean, we're seeing we're seeing quite a lot of movement in the new cruise ship field towards sustainability, and and they do it in small steps. They do it through initially taking power from the dock while they're alongside in port so that instead of running the generators the whole time while they're in the city, they, they turn it off and they take power from alongside. And that's and that helps particularly with local pollution. You're starting to see as well some use of battery electric technologies as a way of smoothing the energy load on board the vessel and, and reducing their total energy burn. I think that there are different types of cruise ships, different types of routes, which might influence what the real solution is if you're doing a cruise ship which is the queen mary or whatever that's doing really long distances it's going to be just as much of a challenge as the container ships if you're doing the micro cruise ships or cruise ships which are running shorter distances then who knows maybe it's possible it's again that end of the market although it's uh, very significant is is outside my um, my expertise no worries and in terms of the ferries uh, which countries do you believe are are leading this change because we've not seen too much in india at least or some other parts of uh, asia but you know 
Ferries, I think, are used very frequently in the Asian region. Uh, a lot of Asian countries use them. So which countries do you believe? Is it, is it Europe? Is it, you know, countries in North America? Or is it, is it even countries in Asia Pacific that are actually leading this change? Where are you seeing significant interest from? Well, we're seeing, we're seeing a lot of interest from all over the place, but we are seeing definitely pockets of activity. There's no question the Norwegians really have taken a, a very strong lead in electric ferries from an early stage. And, you know, they got, had some very firm direction from government saying, you know, you've got to clean up how you use these fjords. These are really precious, beautiful natural history areas that need to be preserved. So, you know, get rid of these fossil fuels. And, and they provided a lot of funding to help that. And there's been a lot of leadership shown by Norway there. And, and, and we're seeing that elsewhere in Scandinavia as well. So Norway, Sweden and Denmark, but particularly Norway, are very, very strong, mostly in low-speed vehicle ferries. It's where a lot of the work has been. And there have been definitely there's pockets in Asia Pacific. New Zealand's pocket is really in fast ferries. We've just had one launched by some friends of ours down in Wellington, New Zealand's capital city. And that's a small passenger ferry that's been running around quite fast. And then there's the projects that we're doing, which are 24-meter, 200-passenger, 25-knot ferries. So, you know, the niche that New Zealand is really seeking to carve out is a, is a high-performance, fast ferry niche. We've seen uh, elsewhere in Asia-Pacific, there's been a couple of electric ferry projects in Thailand, one in Bangkok on the Chao Phraya River, which has got a, a reasonable number of vessels, not fast, so yeah, there's that. Um, there is an electric ferry project uh, actually in India, which is uh, brewing away nicely, I think, from what I've been reading. So that's, that's really exciting. There's quite a large number of vessels there. And probably in terms of main act, you know, those, those would be sort of fairly large ones. There's a bit of hybrid activity as well. Um, we, see, we see some people developing hybrid vessels. There's quite a significant procurement for hybrid vessels on the go in Hong Kong at the moment as well as a one to follow for some electric vessels. So, yeah, we see pockets around the place, and I think we're going to see them in pockets because of the infrastructure challenge. It, it doesn't really make sense to build a one electric ferry because you still need to have one or two chargers just to run it, yeah. uh, and that's quite expensive. But it makes sense to have a fleet of them, and you know, we're certainly seeing a lot of interest from North America, a little bit from South America, various parts of Asia, Australia, so yeah, it's, I, think, I think it's going to be a, a very, very busy field over the Wonderful. coming year. Wonderful, Michael. That brings me to the end of my questions. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. I think the amount we've got to learn from this conversation is immense. So I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much. And I hope to speak to you again soon in the near future. It's an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much. Wonderful. Enjoy your weekend. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Do feel free to browse through our library of podcasts and gain access to insights on a range of industries. If you would like to learn more about our services, please drop us a line on info at nextin.com. That is I-N-F-O at N-E-X-T-Y-N.com. Ciao.